so the episode is called Torture for numerous reasons. Uh, I was trying to be clever. Um, it's worth a try, isn't it, Jolon? I mean, torture for John Tortorella, torture for Dallas Star fans right now, um, torture for Jack Eichel. Um, I mean, there's plenty of the things New York that we Rangers. Could say. Their entire team getting beaten up was torture. (laughs) So, right, I feel like there's something brewing. This is not going to be a podcast uh, where we have a rant and a moan and a bitch. We are going to get to some very other serious business. But let's face it, that's what we do podcasts for, because we get to moan and rant about our favourite sport, which is ice hockey. Um, Yeah, and this thing called the Stanley Cup Playoffs. Um, I hear that they're a thing, Jolon. I mean, as I'd like to know when they're starting. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. (laughs) It's so strange going into this part of the season and going, oh, I'm really pumped for the playoffs, but just wonder when they're going to start. Yeah. So about that, we're going to recap what's happened in the last week or what could happen in the next week and when the heck they will start. Let's play some music and let's talk hockey for NHL fans from afar. I like this recording style that you've got. You've like you're sitting in an armchair, and it like it gives you a whole new kind of laid back recording vibe. Like, oh you know, right, okay, whole... yeah, zoom etiquette, right? Good. I mean, I like I've, it. I've got a chair that looks like a Big Brother's diary chair. I think uh, is <laughs> how you it's know, been described. What it, looks, what it looks like is Graham Norton's red chair. <laughs> <laughs> that is going to just. If only I had back. a lever. If yeah. only I had a lever. <laughs> Yeah, Graham Norton, the popular TV show host, if you're not of the UK. But I am wearing my pyjamas, so I balance out um, with my posh red chair. Only only on this podcast would we have to explain who Graham Norton is, yet we're going to talk about Tim Stutzler and not even reference who he is. <laughs> we're going to assume knowledge on the Ottawa Senators, and yet Graham Norton, oh, by the way, he, he hosts a popular uh, BBC One TV programme here in the UK. <laughs> Which says so much. I, I hope that makes sense to our audience. I hope they're going, oh, Graham Norton, who's he? I don't know, he's on too early for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Look, this is a podcast about hockey. Clearly, we are not experts. We are just a bunch of passionate fans who have got together over the last three seasons to make this podcast. Um, we do actually have reference to uh, an English soccer team lined up in this episode. Uh, I will be uh, detailing something I learnt about Carl Dubas and how he is linked to Pep Guardiola. That is my teaser of the episode. Mm. Plus we'll mention uh, Pecorine, we've got Brian Boyle, uh, we've got uh, New York Rangers about the mass brawl that happened there. We've got Jack Eichel and we've got two coaches that uh, said bye to their jobs uh, this week. Um and then these things called the playoffs. I mean, we have to say hello to our fortnightly appearance guest. That is Dallas Stars uh, fan, Matt Day. I'm unsure how to broach you right now. Like, 
you won your game last night or, or the night before. You won your last game and then but it wasn't enough. It was too little, too late. Like I don't know how to say. Yeah, no, it's fine. I'm all right. Oh, uh, right. Okay, <laughs> right. He's, he's okay, it's, guys. He's okay. We can talk to him. It's yeah. it's one of those things. I, I I'm not as it's a weird one. I'm not disappointed because it's been such a weird season. So many things have happened. Um it was remarkable that they were even in the fight to the last couple of games. So yeah, it is it is what it is. Uh, did I get this right? So you beat Tampa Bay Lightning and then you had two games against Chicago Blackhawks. You lost one and you won what you lost another one in overtime. But had you beat won both those Chicago games, you would have gone through. No, because uh, Nashville won their their game, so it wouldn't it wouldn't have mattered. Right, okay. Um yeah, so with two games to go, Nashville had, had got enough points. It, it it wouldn't have mattered. But yeah, no, it was it was exciting running. Made it made it exciting for the last couple of weeks, um, but yeah, just just too too tight a schedule, too many injuries, too much COVID, too much snowstorm, all the excuses, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it, it it's really weird because I think any other season, if we if, if it had been eighty two games, no COVID, no anything, and they'd missed out like that, I'd be absolutely devastated. Yeah. But I think I'd given up on them making the playoffs about a month and a half ago because it was just, it was too, it was too big an ask with with all. The we, we were talking in a week, weren't we? And you were saying, "Oh, damn! It's the hope that kills you." Like yeah. it was the fact that it was suddenly within reaching distance. All of a and sudden, that's a bit, it, there was a chance. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I yeah, find it's really weird though, Matt. Is that central as a division is done? It's wrapped up. And yet the other divisions have still got one or two games left. Like there could have been a bit more space for you in the end. Would it, would, this is what I was complaining about a few weeks ago when, you know, the season was extended for Vancouver and, and everything. It's like if they'd have extended our season just by a week, we could have had two days off, which didn't happen for like two and a half months. And, and um, they started doing interviews now and speaking more about injuries and things and, Rupe Hints had been dealing with a groin injury for since the Stanley Cup final uh, last last season, and he was struggling because he couldn't get two days off. He said if he had two days off, it would be fine for every game, but because he was having to play every other night, it just it just didn't have time to heal and it just kept flaring up and he he, he was struggling. So it's amazing he played how much he did but that's that's the kind of thing they've been having to play through because there was just no time to recover so and it, and it's not just the stars i mean you know injuries across the board have been pretty high this season on every team um so yeah it's not it's not just us um i'm sure there's fans of other teams out there thinking exactly the same thing well you look at who's resting this week, Brad Marchand, Alex Ovechkin. I mean, who else did I put on the list? Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of players. There's a lot of players getting their debut this week. Yeah. <laughs> I keep seeing all these teams' Twitter accounts going, "Oh, welcome for their first NHL game," and you're like, "Yeah, okay." <laughs> well, if you think during a normal 82 game season, not only do you get two days off, three days off, four days off, there's a there's a whole like, isn't there a ten day enforced break? Yeah. For every team, yeah, and, you, and they've not break and... and they've not had that. Um, so 
I think every team resting players now and last week, rightly so. I mean, if you're in the playoffs, to be honest, you've played every team in your division 10 or 8 times. So whoever you get is going to be tough. Is, yeah. is the number one seed really that important? Is that, you know, I think actually going into it health, healthy is more important than the seed. And a lot of them have already locked up those seedings as well. Even, yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't really make a huge difference. And, and home ice advantage, OK, in America is going to make a bit of a difference because you have got fans. But but yeah, I mean, you, I don't you, you know, though, be... actually, Jolan, because, you know, the places aren't set for west one or two games to play out there could be some changes in the east there's a game tonight with washington capitals and boston that's not really going to make much difference because they're two and three they're probably going to play each other i mean who would have seen that pittsburgh finished first i would not have seen that coming a while ago they were out of the playoff runnings only a few weeks ago but in north and the north division places three and four could change if montreal win their last game and Winnipeg crashed their last two. Um, Winnipeg basically have got two games. They play Vancouver and they play Toronto. And that then would obviously flip who Toronto play in the playoffs. So they, they, there are still a couple of like changes coming up in the next week, potentially. Um, but not as interesting as, you know, I mean, like the Nashville, I did actually watch some of their game on Saturday. I think it was against Carolina the noise in their barn was like oh, something that I have not heard in a very long time. It yeah. was loud, you know, just, oh my goodness. It, it just really reminded me like why you have that kind of pure adrenaline rush from watching this sport. And in a way that I suppose as a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, has it, it gets a little bit dull, doesn't it, when it's just like play crowd noise, play crowd noise. Oh, look, they get excited. Oh, they don't. It's that I mean, raw animal energy that I miss. Those, those last two Nashville games were really interesting because obviously they they won them, so eliminated the Stars, but they also beat the team they're going to play in the playoffs twice. Yeah. And pretty convincingly. And I don't think Carolina... In the, certainly in the first game, they didn't rest too many players because they were still playing to try and win the division. Mm. Um, so it was it was quite impressive. Nashville have been really good the last the last month, um, especially. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there was an upset. Carolina have been by far the best team that the Stars played against. I mean, Nashville have cost Carolina the President's Trophy as well by losing those games they are now tied in points with Vegas in the league but Vegas have a game in hand and they have more wins so I think ultimately right now if that doesn't change then Vegas will win the president's trophy so it does have quite a lot more implications than we thought that was like a a double smash by uh, Nashville it's just amazing the run that Nashville have been on because I know We've said this so many times on podcasts, but they were a selling team at one point before the trade deadline. Like <laughs> the amazing thing was they were saying anybody but about three players was on the market. And I think they had something like a 2% chance of making the playoffs at one point earlier on in yeah. the season. You know, I mean, 
it is an incredible, I know we've kind of, we've covered it from their Dallas kind of side a lot of the time because of obviously yeah. having Matt here and, and following that team a bit closer than Nashville, but it is an incredible story. And Nashville have done this before. They, they've got in the playoffs in this kind of last one in spot and then they went all the way through to the Stanley Cup final. So I'm not saying they're going to do that this time because I think they are going to come up against some tough opposition. And I think the, the Canes team they're going to face in the playoffs probably is going to be a little bit different to the end of the regular season. But yeah, I, I mean going into the playoffs with that much of a good run can only be a good thing and, and put you in as a good a position as would, you can hope to be. Would you rather go in as top seed cruising to the division title or coming in fourth but coming in hot? I think it's difficult because you can... I always think those teams who come in hot will always do well in like game one and game two and they'll always have a really strong start to the series. However, if you are a real top quality team like the Hurricanes are, like Tampa are, like, you know, like Toronto are and teams like that who are at the top, I always think that they've got that extra gear that perhaps those teams don't have in the middle of that series. And you can sometimes see then those teams who actually have rested up a little bit. Okay, they might lose game one, but they then do come back and they look fresher. And those teams, I always think those ones running in need that need everything to go well for them at the beginning to give themselves a chance to win the series whereas i would always fancy the the kind of higher up seed to win over a longer playoff series of course it can go completely against that like you know look at columbus and tampa you know the other year 2019 didn't even give themselves yeah didn't even give themselves a chance and and there are definitely examples when that's not worked out but i just think in a game like this and matt's talked about the amount of injuries they've got or all teams have got I think if you can give yourself a kind of a, a lighter schedule and, and players to protect themselves a little bit, then as long as you can get over those first couple of games where perhaps your opposition is a little more tuned in, then as long as the damage hasn't been done by that point, I think you'd be all right. I mean, in, in, the other team in that central that we haven't mentioned is Florida and they're on brilliant form. Won yeah. their last six. They've looked really good. Um Beat Sam Tampa the last couple of games, yeah. What, what a trade Bennett. that is, <laughs> man! Um, the guy so, who's on the fourth line in Calgary, <laughs> yeah. But so that that Florida Tampa series is going to be oh. pretty pretty good to watch. I think there are some really good matchups that looking like they're going to line up, and um, oh, that is one of them. That Florida Tampa because it's been rare that those two teams have been good at the same time, and you know to have those it's been two rare teams, that Florida have been good ever. Well. There is that. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. But to have those teams playing so well is going to do such good for the NHL down in that part of America because that's going to make it such a really big, interesting story. And you can just tell the likes of ESPN and all those guys getting their TV deal next year are like, yes, please, let's have this because that's a rivalry that could be great for those teams and, and for the league. And this year, with the way those two are playing, oh, I can't wait to watch some of that series. Hey, just talking about like um, great stories um, back with Nashville. I don't know whether you caught up and saw um, the news around Pecorine and um, he played in the shutout um, that Carolina had, um, Carolina, Nashville had with Carolina uh, last night, their final game. Uh, Potentially he's on his uh, contract is um, 
uh, about to finish, I think, this year. And it could be the last regular season game for him. And actually, that shutout of 5-0 was his 60th career shutout. And um, I can't remember which team called a timeout near the end, I'm guessing, Carolina. And um, basically, the whole crowd gave him a standing ovation. The <laughs> team, like all, all the players who were like kind of benched, came down to the bench. Everybody was just clapping and he was the last one to leave the ice. And um, it looked like a really nice emotional moment. And a lot of people are kind of asking whether he would be a future Hall of Famer um, as he kind of comes to the end of his career, really. Because at the moment, he's a backup, isn't he? We talked about Saros. Um, who's kind of the number one goalie now, and uh, Rene just kind of slipped into the into the background. Really, it was he didn't have a great season the last couple of seasons, I think, and then he's just kind of like faded into the background. But I'm glad that he's not kind of crashed and burnt out. It actually looks like you know he he's he's um, potentially. I mean, he might be back for another year, and I think Matt Deshane said to him, "This will be embarrassing if we have to do this again the same time next year." <laughs> Yeah, there's been some really nice stories like that. I know we mentioned it the other week, but Ryan Miller's kind of carried on his farewell tour and I think he's played his last game now. It was his last home game we talked about before and there's these really nice pictures of him with his mum and dad in the crowd and all this kind of stuff and that is his last game. Um, but you would imagine somebody like Pecorino, he, uh, with his CV, he's more than likely, if he wants to, to get a backup position in the NHL on a lot of teams. Like a lot of teams would be more than happy to sign him for a, a semi-decent contract um, because of his CV. So yeah, whether it's back with Nashville again or not, and it certainly won't be, I wouldn't have thought, in that number one spot, um, as Saros seems to have taken that this year. Mm. But um, yeah, interesting story there, Preds. It's going to be, again, the Canes and the Preds could be a good, uh, good series. Hey, you know, like about... Um... People wondering where they're going to end up and they're probably going to get land somewhere. Like Brian Boyle, a name that seems to have pretty much played for almost all the teams in the NHL and loved and adored, isn't it, for his personal story. Um, It sounds like, because he obviously didn't get a a contract this season and he he hasn't been on the ice from what I gather, but it looks like he's been linked with Team USA um, for the world champs that are coming up in Latvia. Um, sure. which could be really interesting. And so I think uh, people are kind of wondering whether that's going to kind of revive his career and get him back on the map. So nice little side note. Imagine going to the world champs, Matt. Hey, imagine that. Be nice. We've, me and Matt have spent the entire week reminiscing of the fact that it was two years ago this week that we were in Slovakia. And uh, yeah, how our lives have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I bet. Matt's more than mine, granted. But yeah, it's... Uh, it feels a world away right now. <laughs> um, let's recap on the East because I think that the we mentioned this in last week's podcast. It's it's kind of a bit of old news, but the night after we published our podcast, New York Rangers, Washington Capitals, the Tom Wilson saga continued. Um, New York Rangers came out with a statement after Wilson uh, was fined pretty much citing uh, the director of player safety, George Paros. I can't remember the exact word, but it wasn't too friendly, was it? They kind of called him into question that he can't well, maybe should, do his yeah. job. They should say he should resign, basically. Yeah, and unfit to carry out then, his duties. Yeah, and then the NHL fine the New York Rangers, and then they all play again. And within 10 seconds, I mean, I tweeted on our Twitter account, NHL fans from afar, just the game sheet 
for the first four minutes. And it was like, ding, 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 of all the penalties. But, you know, you come back to the same old argument of if people don't feel that justice is being done by the referees, they're going to take matters into their own hands. And what I found most hilarious about that brawl, though, so there was like, I think, three different, so that the whistle goes, three people, three groups of people drop gloves. This is in the opening face-off. This is in the opening face-off. Yeah, not the Wilson one that came up. Mm. Chara is (laughs) doing a shift and he's just skating around, just watching it all. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, good job no one was like brave enough to go drop the gloves with Chara. Could you imagine if you were like the one marking Chara? You'd be like, uh... The the person Chara wanted a fight with, I think was Stevens? I can't remember his name. He did end up having a fight with him, but they'd been jabbing in the warm-up. Uh, and so they already knew they were going to go at some point, but he wasn't on the... The, the Rangers player wasn't on the ice. So he, he was, like, just waiting for, for his guy to come on the ice, and they, they had a fight later in the in the match. So, yeah. It was I mean, just such a ridiculous game. Like, it was... I mean, I watched it, and, it, you know, there was the big brawl in the opening face-off, and... Then every time Tom Wilson, well, first time Tom Wilson steps on the ice, some guy just goes for him. And the problem for the Rangers was they didn't have the muscle to do it. Like they didn't really have the type of players they needed to do to play that, that kind of game. And it just turned the whole game into a bit of a shambles. And I guess maybe that was part of the point. Like it was making a making a point to the NHL. That, you know, this is where <laughs> if you're if you're not going to take our concern seriously, we're just going to mess your game up, which is essentially what it seemed like they were doing and and yeah but then also on the flip side while I think it's ridiculous I watched that game and I would have never watched that game normally so the the irony is it's, it's, it's what the NHL don't want the NHL Gary Bettman do not want that to be what the NHL product is like they don't why want, didn't they, they don't suspend want him then? exactly so they got they got exactly what I they don't deserved. Get it. You know, yeah, I don't get that. They the got thing. this I don't game get, that they like, didn't want, and they got exactly what they deserved. Because I heard that argument. I heard, oh, the NHL doesn't want this, the NHL doesn't want that. If the NHL didn't want it, then they'd just suspend him for one game. Well, so That's all they had to do. I heard it was because there's no precedent for suspending somebody for a brawl and a an action like the Panarin-Wilson altercation. There's no precedent. But if if you're serious about player safety create a precedent exactly you know, yeah you, you there's not a precedent for taking a goal away in an intermission they did it this year <laughs> yeah you, like, you can't like, you can't do just it. <laughs> look back at the past all the time you've got to say we're serious about player safety yeah. you've injured yeah. this person you shouldn't have done it he He's didn't even get season. he got he got nothing for that panera yeah. thing that yeah. five grand he got was for the fight he had with Butch Navich. Like, yeah. he literally got nothing for this Panarin thing. And, like, I had so many people, like, last week on podcasts and stuff saying, oh, well, you know, it's just... And, and players as well saying, oh, well, you know, it's it's Tom Wilson. It's his reputation, you know. If, any, if, it's, if anybody else did this, nobody would be talking about it. Yeah, well, the reason nobody's talking about it is because Tom Wilson has a track record of doing dumb stuff. Like he does this stuff all the time and that's why he's got this reputation. You think why like the fact that he's done this stuff before and this is just another thing added to the list. Yeah, it should be treated differently to when somebody else does it who's never had any suspensions ever. Oh, it's just ludicrous. It was well, absolutely nuts. I in my um weird rabbit hole Googleathon 
who is George Paros? That's where I oh, went. Oh, yeah, that's a fascinating story. Isn't it, right? Because I was, yeah. I kind of expected the person <laughs> who is director of player safety to be like a straight jacket. Oh, no, we don't fight in this sport. No, that's, that's, that's out of date. Highly now. religious. <laughs> but he's actually pretty much a former enforcer himself, isn't he? Yeah. Like, you know, he yeah. wrapped up. I've got the stats here. 1,092 penalty minutes, over 474 games. So mostly played through his knuckles. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, and hang on, someone who made a living being in post-whistle scrums and had the what the league records as 158 fighting majors in his nine-year career. Um, I mean, he's 41-year-old retired NHL player, so he's not also I thought it was going to be like a an old grey-haired 60 yeah. something year old so I was completely like whoa my my prejudice on this situation is so far off um I mean there's a if you google actually the athletic did a day in the life of and they go through what what George Paros actually does it was written about three years ago but still it's very interesting yeah, he was in that. Um, we talked about this on our podcast, like our third ever podcast that we did. Remember when we spoke about Ice Guardians, that mm. film? We got somebody who was involved in that documentary on. Vicky, yeah. And yeah, and God, how you remember that? That's incredible. I'm impressed I could remember that we talked about it. <laughs> remember the name? I know um, Vicky. She's very, she's very good. She's oh, very that's lovely. all right. That makes yeah. that's better. She, that makes, she studied that makes violence in yeah. ice hockey. Yes. I remember that chat and, and George Paros is on that documentary because I was doing some YouTube rabbit holing and he's he's interviewed on that talking about these enforcers. And I mean, you've got a lunatic running the asylum like it, it, it's, it's absolutely mad. And what's crazy is you had is Brendan that libel? Shanahan. Is that libel? Are we going to so. get fined by the NHL now? A quarter think, of a well, million do dollars. Listen. Do they listen? All right. Well, <laughs> I don't mind if they find me as much as they find Tom Wilson in proportion to my earnings as they did to his, then bring it on. I will, I will pay that $18 or whatever it would be. Parking ticket. Yeah, exactly. I'm afraid it's in the NHL fans from afar uh, agreement, but it's (laughs) £5,000. I would, I would hereby, (laughs) I would hereby like to say that that is Jolon's personal opinion, not the opinion of this podcast. (laughs) I mean that in a purely hockey sense. Like, you have got a former enforcer, a man who has made his trade by doing all of this stuff, and he's deciding on it. And I can see the the logic behind that, even though it is wacky logic. But you had previously Brendan Shanahan, who was the, who's obviously, you know, a, a, another tough player in the NHL. However, he came down very tough on players in the league and his fines and his suspensions were high and they were tough. And the league obviously decided that they weren't a massive fan of that and they wanted to change ways. And that's what George Paris has done. And I think it is a thankless task. It's like being a referee. Like you can't win. You're always going to annoy people and you're always going to get it wrong. I just think, I just think they just got it so spectacularly wrong in this case when there was such an easy out. And yeah, they deserve to get what they got and to, to make a mockery of that game the following night. I think what confused the water slightly, and it was all like kind of just like, 
if you look at it a, ste- a period of steps that happened, I don't think it gives a full story. But the fact that New York Rangers then fired their president and their GM kind yeah. of made it look a bit like, oh, actually, we shouldn't have said that. We shouldn't have done that. So that kind of like muddied the waters. Like, do you stand by what you said or are you retracting it? Are you apologizing or are you just getting rid of like, you know, the the bad eggs from your it's out, uh, it, it's from, very from a lot weird. of the a lot of the talk that came out afterwards and i don't think any of it was ever confirmed but a lot of the talk was about how that the gm and the president didn't have anything to do with that statement that came out right and and then the owner was kind of annoyed that these guys had put to, had rebuilt this team and built this team and uh, this team couldn't stand up for themselves and all of this kind of stuff and i mean it uh, it's just i mean a crazy thing to happen at that why you would fire your gm and president with a few games left in a season where you're already out of the playoffs is baffling. So I can't see how it's not linked in some way, but just, yeah, I mean, Tom Wilson's going to be Tom Wilson and uh, what's going to be fun to watch is him come up against the Boston Bruins because suddenly I might be cheering for the Bruins to see what happens there. <laughs> like what? He's going to come up against, well, he's going to be coming up against a team who is going to be able to dish out as much as he gives. Like Trent Frederick, have you seen this guy on the Bruins this year? Like there is a guy on the Bruins who I think Steve Dangle described him as if the Boston Bruins grew him in the Boston Bruins lab. Like he's just the epitome of a Boston Bruin. And he's just this terrifying kind of guy who just goes around and has laid some very questionable hits and beating people up and all this kind of stuff. And um, yeah, them versus the Caps in the first round of the playoffs. Zdeno Chara, what's he going to do against his former team? I mean, can we not wait for that? Ah, bring it on. Bring it on. Did you did you see Wilson's quotes, though, where he said that basically he didn't think he'd done anything wrong? Well, he it's didn't ju- mean to start a brawl. A, it's yeah. just a brawl. It just got blown out of context. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he, he was punching a guy on the head when he was down. Like... I mean, I, I even I even not sympathise, but I can maybe understand somebody trying to tell me how the bit where he kind of like throws um, Panarin over is an accident or it happened and he caught him off balance or something like that. Those kind of things can happen and they can look worse than they are. Um, but the the stuff where he's on the ground punching the guys in the head with, you know, when they they are utterly defenceless, like that is just red mist. Like that is nothing other than that. And you think a guy like Tom Wilson, who was playing in a meaningless game. That's the crazy thing about that. Like, he was playing in a game that did not matter in the slightest. Come back to us, Jalen. Come back. Like, Come back. I, I just, Take it just, a breath. Oh, yeah. It, it baffled me, the whole reaction to it and the whole way that the league and other players who talked about it. But, I mean, yeah. The Ranger season was done anyway, so I suppose they've, you know, they're going to be trying to move away from it as quickly as they can. Stay with Rangers for a second because Rangers are the number one team that seem to be linked to where will Jack Eichel be Oy. next season, right? So stay in the East. Yeah. Buffalo Sabres, it don't sound like they're all like too friendly with Jack Eichel. I mean, I was reading the Sabres beat writer for The Athletic, uh, John Vogel, who wrote, Eichel has been a fitness freak since his teen years. He's furious the team is telling him what he can and can't do with his body. Trust is shattered. That's just one angle. Add in six seasons without a sniff of the playoffs and Eichel is clearly ready to move on. He's as good as gone. So that this thing about like he's he wants to go and have surgery um, 
but the team are saying no we think there are alternatives so that you don't have to have surgery i mean like it's absolutely insane isn't it and this is this is in his neck like this is in his neck right so (laughs) this is not a dodgy thumb like this is this is a guy's neck they're on about and yeah the quotes that you talked about claire the interview i was listening to it the other day and he essentially is asked you know why have you not gone for surgery or you know you've you've obviously this blah blah blah. why have you not gone for surgery and he just kind of looks at the reporter on zoom and just goes you know if only it was that easy <laughs> and the guy and he then goes on to say well you know that's not how it works and the guy's like well why don't you just go and get the surgery and, and jack eichel says you know that's not how it works and then he gets pushed a bit further on it. He says, well, is, is that because of a contractual issue? And Jack Eichel just says, kind of just looks at him and goes, I think, you know, I think I know what you're on about kind of thing, but well, won't, won't fully go for it and say yes, but will is, you know, more than hinting at the fact that the Sabres are, are stopping him contractually from getting this surgery, which, you know, I mean, I, who knows why they're doing it and who knows the, the background to that we'll never know. And there'll always be a he said, he said kind of stuff. But but the crazy thing at the end of the day, there's a guy who wants to get surgery to fix a problem with his neck and he can't do it because his hockey team are telling him he's not allowed. I mean, that is just insane. And if they, if Buffalo think that Jack Eichel is going to come back and play for them, uh, how does he? How does he? So I, then the thing is, it, it sounds like he wants to get out of Buffalo, but... There's still yeah. a remaining fifty million dollars on his contract that they would have someone would have to pay for. So and you know, we kind of come back round like New York Rangers. New York Rangers seems to be top of the top of the um the list. Um I haven't I haven't looked into why. I just keep seeing that bumbling around. But I mean, well, I think I think Jack Eichel would probably like to go to the Rangers. Then they're one of the richest franchises in the. They are the richest franchise in the NHL, and and it's New York. And there is a. a Where are they in the cap? Then are they? They're still kind of rebuild, so they haven't got. They've got space. I'm not sure. I don't know their cap situation, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine they've got that much cap space. But I would imagine they have got some. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've also got the kind of the players and prospects who could potentially. Uh, garner a trade for somebody like Eichel and you know if you're Buffalo you're going to be asking for the likes of Lafreniere and players like that now I can't imagine why New York would do that because they know Buffalo's bargaining from a position of weakness but and but New York have got a, a million trillion draft picks from what I remember too so could you imagine Probably. if they bag Eichel and a ton of draft picks what a rebuild that could be their, their team at the moment is just full of entry-level contracts it's it? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah. um, yeah. It's it, I think Eichel's got a ten million pound con contract, and like you say, it's for the next four or five years. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you think about it, that's not a bad contract for Jack no. Eichel, given the current climate. Um, At least we've got three players not, more than that. Yeah, knowing knowing the cap's probably not going to move for the next couple of years. Yeah. If you can budget for that over the next four or five years and, and, and make it work, that's a, that's a decent contract for, for a fit, uh, willing Jack Eichel, which yeah. you'd think you'd get if you if you can get surgery and get out of Buffalo. And you've got the likes, you know, you've got Panarin, you've got Zibanejad, you've got some really, really good players to kind of add to that mix. Capo Caco, Lafreniere, if you can keep them as part of the deal, like uh, Adam Fox, you're really adding into an already really good team and an up and coming team. And as Matt said, if you can get Jack Eichel on board, 
You know, we've seen how amazing Jack Eichel is on a struggling Buffalo team. Imagine what he would be like in the bright lights of New York City with a kind of zingy Rangers team. Like, I, yeah, I think it would be a match made in heaven, really. The Rangers have only got, this season, they only had eight contracts that are over a million dollars. What? On, on their That's current lineup. You know, so they've got to sign some of those, but they've That's also got lots of prospects that they can trade who've got NHL experience. So, so when you're looking to trade for somebody like Jack Eichel, you've, you've got some pieces there that, that are, are, are worth something. So, yeah, the Rangers would be an interesting, an interesting fit. Mm. So the other thing that is worth us noting was um, that there were a couple of coaches who exited their jobs this week. One, I guess, wasn't as surprising um, in Rick Tockett uh, for Arizona Coyotes. It sounds like that there's been rumblings in the marriage for quite a while. We know, and I've talked about on the podcast about off-ice, the various problems that are going on behind doors there about financial situations. Um, John Tortorella uh, for Columbus, um, again, wasn't really a surprise I mean, listening to some of the reporters, they were saying he just stayed a year too late. It was his time. Um, I mean, other than that, I'm not quite sure what to say. I'm like hearing the list of names of who could be next in both these roles. If I'm honest, I don't recognise anybody. They're not people who the average person knows. Um, So I don't know. They're unlikely to to be going after big names, those teams, you wouldn't have thought. but I've been quite surprised by, because I suppose John Tortorella has got this reputation of being this really like tough guy to, to play for and this really tough coach. And from what, from what I've heard on various different things off the ice, the guy is one of the nicest people you could ever imagine to meet and kind of is unbelievably charitable and all this kind of stuff. But, you know, as a coach is quite tough and there's been some quite public kind of fallouts with you know the way that he's treated line a and Pierre-Luc Dubois who wanted to leave and all all this kind of stuff and he's obviously not got the best out of this Columbus team this year but I mean they're fighting for bottom from Detroit so you know just to give you an idea of where they are and this was a team who should have been fighting for the playoffs however it's been very interesting seeing the online reaction to Tortorella leaving and the Columbus Blue Jackets organization have made it very clear that they're kind of thanking him and all of these kind of tribute videos and a lot of players as well. And the fans kind of, as well. And the fans. I, so I think it's very easy for us as as non-Columbus Blue Jackets fans to kind of only ever look at the John Tortorella highlights and only look at the kind of the things that happen, you know, that, that make the kind of news as such, which are obviously the you know, is not the day-to-day and not the majority of the time that he's been in Columbus. But actually, this is a coach that, you know, uh, probably doesn't have a complete... <laughs> I'm sure there are fans who don't like him. However, a lot of fans seem to. And uh, yeah, end of an era for them, moving on. But it'll be interesting to see where he ends up if he comes back into the league as well. Well, yeah, where does he go? I mean, if you look like he obviously was well-known in, in Vancouver Canucks. He was fired from there in 2014, but I, I don't know, would he would he go back there? I mean, he was fired by the New York Rangers. We don't know whether David Quinn's going to stick it out with all the changes that are going on in Rangers. Like, would he ever go back to his former teams or is it fresh start? Like, I can't <laughs> imagine him being taken on by Kraken, no. Seattle Kraken, for instance. But yeah, weird times, isn't it? 
yeah, 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 definitely. Arizona Coyotes, I mean, we kind of knew that they were on a bit of a nice run towards the end. And then St. Louis Blues, um, you know, did exactly what you said, Jolon, that they were the depth, they were the veteran team who stuck it out for the long road and then uh, got that fourth place off Arizona. Um, Arizona just crashed and burnt, really. And now with the coach leaving, it's, I guess it's a bit of a a disappointing end to the season, but there was hope for a little while. It's a pretty, it's a sorry state of affairs in Arizona. If you think of how many draft picks they've got at the moment with being so few because of all of the problems they've had off the ice and all of the penalisation they've had with things like that. And yeah, it's tough for them. And and they decided not to sell at the deadline. So they didn't recoup draft picks then. And then they didn't make the playoffs. So it's just been a pretty forgettable year for the Arizona Coyotes and doesn't look like it's going to get any better anytime soon. Mm. Should we move yeah. up north to the North Division? Yeah. Um, I had two <laughs> the highlights. The best league in the NHL. <laughs> My God. I had two <laughs> highlights to mention in here. Uh, one was Connor McDavid and one was uh, Stutzel and the hat trick. Beautiful story of the kids who were like hiding behind the wall um, he got his hat trick and the kids were hiding behind the wall. I don't know if someone knocks on the door and then they all throw their hats over the wall at him. It was a beautiful little moment. Um, that's that's the kind of clip that in 10 years time, when we look at it, we're going to go, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. why? Why? Without the COVID, uh, kind of the COVID view that we have on everything now, like that makes perfect sense to us now. In 2021, we're like, yeah, I can see what they're doing. That isn't that nice. In 10 years time, we will look back at that clip and go, what? Why were they doing that? Just throw it on the ice. But a no, really nice touch. And what a player. What a player. That, uh, like, uh, And just a shout out to the Ottawa Senators, right? Because they are the... Everybody thought that they were going to just get absolutely hammered all year. They're a kind of a team that only just scraped themselves to the salary cap floor. And they've had awful goaltending from some of their goaltenders. And they've gone through so many different ones. And yet, they are on... Something like, I can't remember what the the number of games was, but it was in the last kind of like chunk of games. They are on playoff form, like over an 82 game season. If they carried on like this, they would, they would pip Winnipeg to the playoffs. No problem. Like, which is unbelievable when you think, and they've got such good, they've got such a good amount of wins, which when you think about it, all of those teams in the North will look at playing Ottawa and think, well, we should win that game and we should win that game. And, And I've thought that as a Leafs fan, I've gone, get really annoyed when you lose to Ottawa because you're like, come on, that was two points that we should have easily had. But they're just so feisty and they just got there. But, and they have got such a good young team that I think they could be challenging for the playoffs next year if they get a few more players in. And amazing story, really, considering what we all thought they were going to be like. At some so, point, they've got to stop being the butt of everybody's jokes, haven't they? They have, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. there's been signs this season that they've started to put together a better team. Yeah. And, and that there's brighter things on the horizon. But yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting next year. Sadly for them, they really need Matt Murray to turn it around because they have given him a big contract for a team that don't give big contracts out. They've given him a big and long contract and he has not been good this year. Um, so for them, I can imagine, you know, a lot of hopes are going to be on him turning it around. But the the type of, you know, Kachuk, uh, Stutzel, Connor Brown has been on a, an incredible run of form playing like he has uh, Norris as well has been going for kind of colder. There's been talk around colder for Norris. 
and just a really good kind of feel good team that look like they're having a lot of fun and um that usually means that the rebuild's going well and yeah i think uh, i think you're right matt we might have to stop uh, being sending them the kind of the butt of the jokes in the end sadly <laughs> much as well, i enjoyed it you'll have to pick a new team john i know it was winnipeg at this rate they carry on <laughs> <laughs> So then, in more um, happy terms, Conor McDavid bagging his 100 oh. points. You know, he was on the cusp of it when we did the podcast last week. Such a nice milestone, isn't it? Like, and such a great way for, like, you know, the Oilers just to get excited and amp up this run in the playoffs. I would love to know Matt's thoughts on Conor's incredible run to uh, to the to his 100 points. Wasn't wasn't it great? It was pretty incredible, to be honest. I mean, you saw the the um, I'm not buying. Uh, you saw the run of games and the the points he scored in in like his last 16 games or something. I think there was one game where he didn't score a point, and in yeah. all the others, they were multi-point games. Some of them, and he had four yeah. or five points. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Well, what was incredible know- about Saturday, like the 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 day he did it and got to 100, he went into that game needing four points, right? And that is not normal for a player to get four points in a, in a game. And he was obviously, <laughs> he obviously knew he didn't need to do it that night. He could have done it a couple of games later. But what was so obvious was that the stage had been set. There'd been a lot of talk about it. He was on hockey night in Canada and the attention was just there. And he was possessed like them I have never seen not only just him either an entire team were gears towards getting him that 100 points because every single time there was a pass in the offensive zone it was to Connor he seemed to be on the ice the entire game I don't know when he ever took a shift off and he just was and with somebody like Drysidle I mean it's it's a match made in heaven Conor McDavid can obviously score like there's no tomorrow, but he can also pass. And when your whole team has to defend against Conor McDavid, what happens a lot of the time? You leave Leon Dreisaitl open. And then, of course, he bangs in the goals. And he was just, he was making that 100 points on Saturday night. And it was incredible to watch. So even if Conor McDavid had gone the whole season and not scored a goal, he would still be third overall, uh, sorry, second overall in points scored. Wow. I mean, that, that shows what a leader he is. Yeah. He's got 69 assists and Leon Dreisaitl's got 81 <laughs> points. And then it's Brad Marchand on 69 points. So he'd be joint, joint second on overall points scored just on assists. That okay. is unreal. Like he <laughs> was crazy. <laughs> Somebody said um, he has only got one heart trophy in his career. He's only been given one heart trophy, which is the uh, most valuable player award once. And you sit there and you go, this guy is like, he should be getting every award every year. Like, he's just a different league. Like, incredible to watch. Amazing to watch. I'm excited about what they do in the playoffs. Uh, unfortunately, they're not going to have to play Toronto uh, and potentially knock us in, out in that first round. What I did laugh at, um, the NHL tweeted earlier today, it's been 28 years since the Montreal Canadiens last won the Stanley Cup. Could this be their season? Um, and I was thinking, right, okay, so you're fourth at the moment. 
Imagine if they then beat Toronto Maple Leafs and knocked us out in the first round of the playoffs. Of course they could. Like, of course they can. You know, we we talked about it with Nashville, didn't we, against the Canes? Like, it's the same kind of matchup. But, I mean, there's no reason they should. Like, there's nothing that, you know, we've seen really this year. They've played Toronto well. They are one of the teams that, you know, Toronto has struggled more than against some of the others. But... You know, they've they've still got so many injury problems. Carrie Price has obviously been injured for a long time. And even when he's been playing, he hasn't been great. And uh, yeah, I mean, you could sound like such an idiot now as Lee's fan going, yeah, of course we'll beat them. But yeah, I, I think I, I feel I feel as confident as any any team in the North. I think Winnipeg, you've got to worry about Hellebuck because he's been so good. And even when they have been so bad, he has been good. And of course, he could steal quite a few games in the playoffs. And Edmonton, we talked about it, McDavid and Dreisaitl. I mean, that is the X factor that is going to be on all cylinders for that team. So out of those te- out of those teams, then yeah, of course I'd prefer to play Montreal. It doesn't mean to say that we're guaranteed to beat them, but it'll be a good matchup. And obviously the, you know, the Canadian broadcasters are very excited about that because it's two of the kind of the big, the biggest kind of Canadian teams and the kind of original six matchup and it doesn't, hasn't happened for however many years. So It'll be a good matchup, and the Canadians play physical, and um, yeah, it'll be. I mean, it'll be horrible for fans because we'll be nervous as anything. But the, the, Cana- <laughs> the Canadian broadcast teams, though, are just excited to have four Canadian teams in the playoffs. Oh, they? shush your face! <laughs> <laughs> hey, talking about broadcasters, so obviously ESPN are starting to release more details. They're signing a lot more of the um, on-air talent, aren't they? Ahead of their deal next year. I mean, Ray Ferraro, uh, Brian Boucher. I've already signed, but I did actually hear the rumor they were trying to get Wayne Gretzky um, on board as a broadcaster, which would be very interesting because they're obviously going for that much more like former player, big personality kind of NBA style broadcast, aren't they? It sounds very, yeah. very American, um, which, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. But I think, I think the thing with broadcast teams is it's, it's about getting a dynamic and when you're when you're starting from from scratch, it's very difficult to know what that dynamic is going to be like until yeah. you've actually got that team together and on the air. And a bit you're like us, get... basically. Yeah. Yeah. Are we, have we got a dynamic? It's taken I three years. Um, I, th- I think it's it's either going to work and be a, a hit, or it's going to be a flop. <laughs> you know, it's it's going to be one or the other. They're either they're going to go big. They're definitely going to go big. Yeah. Uh, like you say, you mentioned the NBA. They're trying to they're trying to match those sort of uh, shows that they do in America that have got so much chemistry with all. I think because all the old NBA players have got so much personality. It's opinion, isn't it? It's not about kind of detailed analysis. It's about opinions and clashing of like, well, I think this. Well, you would think that. It that's what they want. They want like that kind of talk show but hot. not the controversial Brian Burke opinions yeah been there done that though but yeah. we've, you, we've heard you, Brian Burke for years yeah you, know. you want opinions but considered you, you know you look at Sportsnet and you look at the likes of like Kevin Bieksa coming in and somebody like that and he is you know he gives a far more modern day uh, kind of point of view that perhaps Brian Burke might have made some similar points over the years, but it's coming from a guy who's just fresh out the league pretty much. And he has a much more 
well along with Brian Boat, but he is a very challenging person and some of the some of the kind of talk that you've seen on on Sportsnet recently with him and Anthony Stewart and some of the other guys as well has been a lot more um kind of there was a debate with a um about the Tom Wilson thing and it was fascinating because you had panelists disagreeing it's like this is great like this is interesting and this is entertaining mm. and um you know it's something that hockey broadcasting certainly that I've witnessed anyway hasn't really had that so it will be interesting to see whether ESPN do kind of bring that element in because yeah bring it on all for that mm. I suppose for that. the only thing um uh else I had on my list was when do these Stanley playoffs start like the first game for Washington and Boston is this Saturday, I guess, because they had to play a game of like interestingness to fulfill their broadcast requirements or something. Yeah, is it? But then, then there's nothing in the schedule. I'm like, refresh, 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 refresh. Yeah. Give me my calendar for NHL TV. When is it? I need to put it in my diary and then basically block off Zoom calls for the morning after each game for the for the playoffs i'm like tell me is this happening next week is it happening the week after it's just not good enough nhl and it's not you're not going to get an answer that's the thing like it's it's not going to be as clean a start as we normally have with the playoffs like the canadian division is going to start later than the other divisions and yeah i don't think it's going to probably match up until the second round and i would imagine the I don't know. The powers that be are going to be hoping that there are some shorter series, perhaps in the Canadian division, so that but they can then get it why, into line quicker. Why can't the Canadian playoffs start? Because Calgary and Vancouver are playing three times, and they're both out the playoffs. So supposedly, it's all about. It supposedly, I because I, I wondered that, and I did hear it asked. I can't remember what it was on. Maybe thirty-one thoughts or something like that, and they were saying. It's purely down to the the optics. Like the NHL doesn't like the idea of regular season games happening once the postseason started for that division. It's going, well, I mean, it's going to anyway. In yeah. that you've got one division playing regular season and another play, teams playing playoffs. I think Just I think it's a broadcasting thing it. because the Canadian broadcasters maybe have a different TV maybe. deal, and then it's harder yeah, for them to decide which game to cover when they still. Yeah, regional. Yeah, imagine having a contractual obligation to cover the Calgary versus Vancouver game, <laughs> the meaningless end of regular season, and then you've got the Habs and the Leafs playing on the other channel. Like nobody's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it is really difficult, and it's just a shame that we're not going to get that that same kind of following of the the hockey every night, like that you know you had in the playoffs. And but I don't know. Yeah. I think what is, what is interesting with the with the Canadian division though, if it does end up being like how the the seedings are right now, then Toronto and Montreal are like the battle of like the Canadian East, you know, and then Winnipeg and Edmonton, like the battle of the Canadian West. I think that's quite interesting because then you could have an an East and West Canadian team go through. Yeah, you know, that makes well, it a bit more like. And I remember weeks ago now, but the NHL did talk about if that was the case and those two, those four teams matched up in that way, it would potentially enable them to cram the schedule even more because you haven't got to worry about travel or as much travel. So it could be that, you know, Toronto plays back to back in Toronto for game one and two day off, day off. And then they play back to back in Montreal, like which oh, it's the Dallas schedule. It's the Dallas schedule, Matt. I mean, it's horrific. How how could they possibly make the Maple Leafs do that? It's inhuman. 
<laughs> but yeah, I mean, who would do that to anyone? But um, but yeah, so but again, you know, even that makes you kind of frustrated, and that you know, that's the kind of other team supporters view on the whole Vancouver Canucks thing because it's like, well, hang on a minute, our playoffs are now being delayed because of your delay. But I don't know, it's COVID just got. I mean, I, I'd look, I'd, I'd look at it the other way and go, you've got days off rest. You know, Toronto can yeah, have a week least, off. Yeah, a whole week. Of- pretty much had a week off or pretty much had four or five days off this week. They play Ottawa tomorrow and then they play Winnipeg after that. If given the animosity that has been in the Winnipeg Toronto games recently, if Sheldon Keith plays a single star in that Winnipeg game, I don't know what he's thinking. Like he should just wrap them all in bubble wrap for that game. Give them a run out against Ottawa, but do not play them against Winnipeg. Yeah, I'd, I'd give them, you know, they've got the rest. They're going to go in fresh. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad thing. And Hey, guess what, Claire? Well, we, 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 back. we mentioned about Freddie Anson being playing in the AHL and it was like, oh, so he can play. Okay, yeah, this is good. Well, and he's back. He's going to be playing, uh, I think he's playing against Ottawa, I think. So he's playing tomorrow night. But it's still the question of, is he the number one? Is he not the number one? We, I mean, well, he's not the number one, but we'll find out if he's the backup, essentially. Going is, he the, the is he the backup backup or the backup? That is the question. Well, yeah, he, he, I, you know, they, they'll go with Jack Campbell in game one because he's, he's earned it and his record in the running has been, you know, worthy of a number one goaltender. Freddie Anderson now will probably have one. I, I would have thought he'll only have one game because they'll want to play Jack Campbell in the game before the playoffs, I would have thought, particularly if there's then a break. So you would imagine Freddie will get Ottawa, Jack will get uh, Winnipeg. And if Freddie plays well, he will be backing up Jack Campbell in game one. If he doesn't play well, it's big save Dave. Poor David Rittick. You know, who's yet to make many big saves, but anyway. Potentially just sat there, third string. Hey, hey you, you traded for, for a third round pick and you might get a cup. Like, and you got out of Calgary. Okay, I have a Toronto Maple Leafs fact, which I did not Good. know. And perhaps I am stupid and that everybody knew this, but I did not know that GM... Kyle Dubas is. A I did fan know he was the GM <laughs> of Manchester City Football Club, and he has been tweeting his support. But this is not a new thing. Um, apparently, at the Leafs development camp in 2019, Dubas showed a documentary about Barcelona under Pep Guardiola called "Take the Ball, Pass the Ball." The film struck a chord with Dubas in terms of the program he wanted to build with the Leafs and help illustrate to players what could be learned from Guardiola's style. Um, yeah, and apparently, a former um, Leafs video and statistical anal- analyst, analyst, analyst. <laughs> Sorry, someone's got stuck. <laughs> Sorry, I thought my um my yeah, internet got my, funny. I thought my internet got working. Claire's brain. <laughs> this is what happened to the try and be too clever. Um he basically had been asked to get a video of Manchester City games in order to study the tactics and shape of Guardiola's side. And I was like, whoa. And so there's a brilliant article that came out today on The Athletic, which basically compares certain aspects of Toronto Maple Leafs game with Manchester City's game. I mean, wow. wow. We are NHL fans from afar. We're uniting our two cultures together right there via the power of Carl Dubas. I could tell that you're both really excited about that. He knows no end to his powers. 
<laughs> I mean, I want to go. I want to go and read the article, but I can't. Yeah, I same. Cannot same. imagine the parallels that are being drawn. I mean, I've got, I've got one final question that I feel I need possession. to ask. Sorry, I could just say possession. Oh, possession was a key thing. Guardiola's style was all about having um, ball possession, and Dubas was pushing about having puck possession. That was yeah, that but, was the number one point. But that's nothing. That's, that's nothing radical, is it? Puck possession is pretty key to winning hockey games. Everybody knows that. You don't you don't need Pep Guardiola to help you with that. However, I guess what they might argue is that hockey teams, a lot of them, and at least do less less of this, is the the dump ins and the getting into the zone and all that kind of stuff. And I guess it might be a philosophy change that actually keeping that puck is more important than because you see hockey teams all the time turn the puck over almost strategically, like it's just part of the game. But the stars. Yeah, yeah. I've I've got one more question before we go. Um, Matt, you've done this whole entire uh, Zoom call for this podcast recording with a, a glorious picture of the I think the last time the Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup um, back in the grand old year of 1967. Um, I was I was trying to get you to buy on it, to be honest. What? what why? Why? Just I was trying to work in... out the trolling. Just the fact that it's in black and white so long right, ago. There we go. Okay, cool. Yeah, good. Okay, <laughs> that was why. I was wondering whether there was some like some tenuous link that I wasn't getting, but if it's just a good old troll, then I'm all for it. Great. Well, and see, I had actually prepared my own troll of Matt, thinking that he was going to be really heartbroken and angry and disappointed and bitter. I was looking again on one of the articles in The Athletic that said, so your team didn't make the playoffs, let's try and take away the positives here. And it just had the section where it said, whichever one of the stars or predators don't get the central spot, positive thought, number one, let's be honest. It's way more fun to watch the playoffs when your team isn't in them. You're disappointed now and that's fine, but in a few days you'll be over it. Uh, positive thought number two, <laughs> next year, if all goes according to plan, you'll be out of this hellhole division and back to the central where you'll have to deal with the avalanche and a bunch of teams you'll at least feel like you have a chance of beating. And positive thought number three, seriously, this whole thing was pointless because you were going to get swept by the hurricanes anyway. Oh my God, who wrote that? <laughs> Brutal. It is brutal, isn't it? So I thought uh, that would just end on a positive. I mean, they're, they're right. The central division next year is scary. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh well, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> no, because... well, it's all right because we've we've not exactly got a great one because we've now got the suddenly resurgent Florida <laughs> Florida Panthers joining the Tampa Bay Lightning and Boston. Great, and the Sens, who we're now going to say are great wonderful anyway i'll talk about next season i know your season's over matt we've still got a whole first round to cry about yeah are you gonna still watch hockey matt or is that it are you done now yeah no i'll definitely still watch it uh obviously won't watch as much um but yeah there's some as we discussed there's some matchups there that i want to i want to see yeah um Bru- bruins caps florida tampa probably the, the two i want to Minnesota, whoever Minnesota play out of Vegas and Colorado, whoever it is they play, I don't know if it's set, that'll be really interesting because Minnesota are a fascinating team this year. Yes, yeah, like, nice yeah. I do want to see a Vegas Colorado series, I think. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That would be... Second round of Vegas versus yeah. Colorado would be something to behold, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, there is some exciting stuff to still watch. Okay. At least well... versus the Habs. Come on, Matt. Come on. <laughs> I'll watch the five-minute highlights. 
<laughs> well, and look, the Leafs lose again in seven. Well, <sighs> we'll find out because hopefully when we speak to you in yes. our next fortnightly catch-up with you, Matt, then uh, we might have at least played a game. Who knows? Um, let's see what happens with the schedule. Uh, commiserations. Um, well done, Nashville. Awkward. Uh, anyway, enjoy the hockey. Enjoy the final games of the season, if you can be asked. Uh, we'll be back <laughs> to tour playoffs next week. Laters. <laughs> <laughs>